parents and you know that deep exhale that happens for a child when you see someone maybe hispanic or latino oh, okay we'll be okay at this restaurant um okay well we don't want to stop in this state right like we'll drive through this one and being very cognizant of that like people talk about road trips i am not okay with that um i know you know everybody do what you want and do what you love and live your life but i'm not going cross country uh no well, what do you think right now about what's going on in the country overall around race and the messages that we're getting? Well, you can't um, you can't hide something forever. So it's gonna show up and it's showing up in a big way. Um, I think the what I've heard is people saying, well, um, it's the blowback from Obama. Well, it was there already. Um, all of us who are living in these experiences and conscious of it understand that that it's a it's a really ugly truth that nobody wants to talk about. The other thing is this notion of um, sweep it under the rug as if. Uh, the institution of Jim Crow and slavery didn't exist and that was so long ago it wasn't that long ago my great-grandmother my great-great-grandmother was first-generation born free my mother knew her my sisters you know were babies when she was alive that's not that far removed which means the coping skills that she learned were passed on to my great-grandmother who was alive until I was in high school oh wow so, so you knew her oh yeah Wow. Oh, yes. My junior year of high school, she passed away, and she was living with us at the time. So those coping skills that they learned, they passed along. So I have to now be responsible for unlearning some of that stuff that was for survival, because now I'm supposed to have a different opportunity. What were some of those things? Um... Well, you know, I have a deep sense of work ethic, and, and and that's good. But I also feel like if I don't work, I'm gonna die. Yeah. Like, uh, like I work to the point where my head will keep going, but my body really shouldn't. And so I'm trying to break that cycle, and where it doesn't feel like so intense around this is linked to me being safe rather than just having the lifestyle that I, I want to enjoy and I've earned based on my credentials and the other things that I've worked so hard for. Does that answer your question? So when you say being safe, do you mean... Say more about that in terms of race. Yeah, so the work of um, Joy DeGruy around post-traumatic slave syndrome talks a lot about those, um, I won't be as eloquent as she is, but basically they're learned behaviors that we pass down for survival's sake. So if it wasn't okay to say something, right, you can't talk back, God forbid that, because there could be the punishment of death. Um, people were raped um, it was just part of the culture like that was the norm even though I'm not saying it was accepted because of course there was much more revolt than Nat Turner if not we wouldn't be here today so there's always been resistance but I do know that there are people who had to survive through those times and there were coping skills like I'm um, not talking back making white people feel comfortable the one thing I learned I was reading uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates oh, I can't remember the name of the book right now but the one he wrote kind of like a, a letter to his son yeah I was reading the book I was on vacation and I had no idea what came up for me was I really know how to take care of white women like I can do that really well in a way that makes me safe I mean, no, in a I'm, way of making them comfortable. Yes. In a way of making them comfortable with you. Mm -hmm. mm. And that's a, something I'm, I'm also letting go of. 
because I have to find myself in all of that. Like there's all this stuff on top of who I am that was put on for survival or even just to navigate successfully in certain environments. We hear the term code switching a lot and we I was with an executive and he didn't even know what the term meant and he worked in um, high school education reform. He was a white guy? It was, yes. Well, I can see why he wouldn't know with that term because mm. I run into a lot of people that, that don't know that term because first of all, you have to be interested. Mm. You have to be interested and you want to know what other people go through. And if you're not interested, you're not going to know. A lot of times people say, well, you know, I, I hear a lot of my friends say, well, white people should know or by now they should know. And I said, you know, there's a should and an is. Mm. And you can't make an assumption that people are interested. You can't make an assumption that if there's an article about black people that people are going to read it because a lot of white people and not only white people, you know, so I'm not disparaging any particular group. But I'm saying this is like a little more common. And that other people, if, if, it's, if it's not related to my group, I'm not going to be bothered with it. And then when they do something like, oh, my God, I didn't know. Well, you didn't care either. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't in your reality. And um, I mean, the reality is if we're in this country and we care, we need to make things in our reality. So you started your business and you started Black Girl Pro- Black Woman Project. Black Female Project. A young Girl, what is Black Girl's Code? That's, some, that's mm-hmm. another program. Kimberly Bright. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so could you talk a little bit about that program and some of the messages that you're trying to impart around not feeling like you have to take care of people who are different than you, but so that you can actually be yourself. Sure. So I found myself kind of whispering in at happy hours in the corner about what was going on at work. And we'd get together, me and and I'd do it with various groups of girlfriends. Hey, you know, what herbs are you taking to manage your stress? You know, and everything revolved around stress at work. And then I started hearing um, things like, well, I can't say that, you know, like feeling censored, like I couldn't talk about what was true. So for me, Black Female Project, number one is about truth telling and affirmation. I need to be able to tell the truth about my experience and really about what I've observed in the workplace. Because when I can tell the truth, then I can heal from it. And then I can have a sense of uh, liberation from those thoughts and behaviors that had been holding me back from even saying or telling the truth in the first place. So an example would be, I can't tell my boss how I really feel and what just happened in that meeting because I might lose my job. They'll write me off as the angry black woman. Um, They don't like me when I talk anyway. They don't respect female leadership. So I'm navigating all the time. And this was the pressure that I kept feeling and thinking, wait, if my parents, right, in Berkeley, California, educators, I'm creative, uh, kept us around lots of, you know, I wouldn't say super Afrocentric, but certainly African conscious in terms of black is great. Like black is beautiful. It was the seventies. Everybody was feeling really good about making a shift. And then to get into a, a certain level in my professional realm and not be able to, well, I had been trained along the way, of course, right? What my place was. 
so when I started feeling like my body started to reject what was going on because I was trying to be honest and um, navigate with integrity and all these strategies were used against me and there are certain strategies people have experiences I don't want to be too vague so well, yeah, yeah, say, yeah, yeah what I was going to ask if you could be if you could without mentioning you probably don't want to mention who the organization uh, was no, I won't. but if you could just tell because I know if there's a lot of people listening that probably can relate well here's and there's a, a lot of people listening who want to know so any tell us give us a couple of examples sure um, you're not meeting expectations um, you're you you're not meeting expectations you oversold yourself in the interview <laughs> you really aren't doing this right well what exactly are you looking for well um, you should know that already well there there are certain terms I guess they're kind of like um, codes too that this they what happens is so I start in this situation I was told hey you know like what what are you what are you bringing to the table well you interviewed me you hired me we're about six weeks in what exactly are you talking about like what do you need to see right now well you're not really you know what are you bringing to the table what have you accomplished so I start sharing you know things in the plans moving forward but what happened was there were never any expectations established that connected to an organizational strategy. So as I begin to start throwing darts at your moving target that every time you tell me now I'm feeling unsettled. So now I'm feeling and questioning my own ability to be successful because you're questioning my ability to be successful. And then add on the layer of in meetings no one has the same cultural expression that I do because of course I was she's brought the only in black woman brought in to diversify the organization didn't know that at the time mm. would have preferred for me to be a nice token and not try to do any work really just kind of do what we say and be quiet over there because our board and community said we had to diversify since we serve kids of color across the state you know maybe somebody should, who looks like that should be on the executive well in the director level so um, what happened is the isolation I felt because I was working so hard to try and please then I started self-isolating from family and friends because it, the work was so intense and that's a pattern that we've noticed in black female project is number one people being told they can't they're not meeting expectations being organized out either by there's no more funding or hey we had a really creative one woman she said I was pushed out they moved me into a fellowship like because I was too vocal um, very creative ways of not having to deal with something that's different than what you're used to and the fact that this it may sound rudimentary but it is I don't see you as successful therefore in my mind even though you are doing things that would lead anyone else doing what you're doing would be considered a peer for some reason you just just doesn't it's not right there's something about you that's just not meeting our our expectations and no 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 you know you're not going to be paid the same as everyone else you're not so going to be paid access. the same as everybody no else no way no way no i was when i was negotiating my transition um and i said i think what you need to do is eliminate my position until you can figure out what you want to do with this area of work um the whole demeanor changed and i was asked well how are you going to take care of yourself what how are you going to take care of yourself? They want to know how you were going to take care of yourself? Because, of course, if if he's not going to take care of me, how am I going to make it? Oh, got it. I was going to say, you could say, well, uh, <laughs> with that 
half a million dollar settlement that you're going to give me. <laughs> By the way, regarding that, so I talked to a couple of lawyers about the situation, and this is what the, the classic one I love so much, that I would encourage people to... Um, you know, if you have an opportunity or something's not right, say something about it or document it in some way. There was no HR department. It was a nonprofit organization. There was no way to that I thought to report, although there are places in the state. They said, look, there's no documentation that you ever complained. You never wrote a letter to the board. You never said anything was wrong. This is really, really, really unfortunate. It's hmm. an awful situation, and it happens every day. Yeah, it happens every day. That so you never complained. Well, you know, one of the issues that I, I found, like in my work with different organizations, uh, especially dealing and, and with people of, of color, that a lot of times, I'm saying a lot. I mean, this has happened enough times with clients that I've seen this that you'll have somebody. Maybe there'll be maybe one or two African Americans in the organization. And people are a little bit intimidated, uncomfortable, awkward about what to say. So they kind of don't say anything. And then it's time for maybe initial, uh, initial review. And they don't really, really review you because they're really uncomfortable. And they don't really want to tell you that something needs improvement because then they're afraid of being called racist or whatever. Or they just don't know how to say it. So they smile in your face, and then at the end of the year, you get a notice, and the notice says that you're fired. And, I mean, and this has happened with enough of my clients of color, particularly black clients, particularly actually women, but men too, mm. that at the end they say, well, nobody said anything to me. My reviews always said I was doing fine. Nothing specific, but they always said that I was doing fine. And then all of a sudden I'm fired. And... They said, if I would have known that something needed improvement from the very beginning, I could have worked on it. But what happens, and when, and when I've talked to some of these people who, not always, but oftentimes are white, so how come you didn't give them any type of criticism or constructive criticism? Well, I would have, but I didn't want to be accused of being racist. Oh, so you just waited and then you just fired them. Okay. So then it becomes, well, let's really mainly hire people who look like us because I don't want to be uncomfortable. And it's so much easier to tell somebody who looks like me that they're making a mistake because they won't accuse me of anything. Does that sound so? Um, that one? <laughs> so I before so Black Female Project is celebrates Black women who yeah, thrive at work. Yeah. Celebrating Black women who thrive at work and preparing young Black women for the realities of the workplace. So how do Black women navigate structural racism and sexism? and continue to move through leadership roles and have thriving careers. What we asked people to do, initially I was working to share my story and I said, well, we, we have to more than mine if it's gonna be useful. And so I asked some friends of mine and everybody was, first. the first thing people say is, I don't really have a story to tell. And about six weeks later, they're like, I think there's something I could share. And then at the three month mark, they're ready to write. And 
the the we did a year of writing and workshopping and the th that we ask people to they have to relive all these experiences that they've tried to bury or get behind them that is very difficult it was the hardest thing I had done since my father passed away to uncover all of those stories and get it into a narrative that might be actually useful or helpful to someone else and we know when girls come in contact with the curriculum in that format personal narrative they won't get it all but when something happens to them they have a name for it now and they'll rem remember that story and the goal was to ask women so this was happening like for me this was I was sitting at my desk and the screen went blurry and I was like um so um, I can't really see um it had gotten to the point where I started suffering with migraines and you know how sometimes there's form of migraines yeah that, ocular yeah so the nurse working there I mean there was a nurse on site a retired nurse and she said you know maybe you should go home if you can't see and I'm like no 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 I have to. the thought <laughs> that the thought that I needed to do something rather than take yeah. care of myself is a sign that there was something very wrong but um what I was getting at was black female project so um women had to tell these stories so we then asked them what did you have stop and think about that moment how did you feel what happened to your body what kind of support system did you have in place to get through that so we know autoimmune diseases show up a lot we know hair loss shows up a lot and um, when women are able to we had one contributor who said look I don't care what you do with my story I just need to tell it and let it go so just being able to document it is freeing for the women. We thought we were doing something for the girls coming behind us, and it turned out to be a healing project for us as well. Wow. How many women? Um, so um, we have personal narratives of about 15, well, maybe 20, including yeah. the anonymous ones. Um, the first nine were released in 2018, so the inaugural collection is available for download on the website at www.blackfemaleproject.org, and then we have a podcast at um, on SoundCloud to collect other women's stories. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then we've done live events. We had a conversation a series in New York City, Washington D.C., and Oakland, and then we also wow. have live events from time to time in the Bay Area. Wow, I, and you started this five, almost five years ago. I mean, this was your child. Yes, yes. So women, you were asking about how many women. So we looked at this also as a research project. So during those live events and during our conversations, we've been collecting data all this time. And the number one thing people enjoy is just sitting in a room where they can tell, see people who look like them, whether they speak or not, and feel affirmed. Wow. I'm first of all, I'm just really amazed. And when you started it, I'm mean, I gotta ask, you did you start it all by yourself and what was the first thing that you did in order to start it and who did you talk to, to to get it going? So the first thing I did was look for something like this. Because I just wanted a resource to understand what was going on with me. If my parents had prepared me well and I was doing this this is what we tell girls. Uh, black girls in particular work really hard do what you're supposed to do go to college and you'll be fine and then somebody pulls a rug up from under you and you had no idea that there are some strategies that have been tested and they're tried and they work really well to make people unsettled at work and there's certain things that work really well for black women like what like 
like telling me that I haven't met expectations. Well, you know what? I meet expectations everywhere I go. So what exactly are you talking about? Like, this is problematic for me because I work so hard. And most of us, you know, you got to have a certain level of intellect to get into certain places and be able to, you know, we're sensing motivations and we're analyzing situations. Of course, this is the thing that this is maybe you can help me with this. Um, I, I believe implicit bias exists. However, if I have to analyze everyone around me and it's on me for my for me to be useful in any situation to try to have a basic understanding of the person sitting next to me I then am infuriated at the thought that I, someone else can write it off as well it was just implicit bias I didn't know and now of course I'm not you know I understand I've seen some of the science yes I'm getting there but that rubs me the wrong way because I think it's a it's helping people be comfortable talking about it when it really goes back to what you said before I didn't have to care so I just didn't do it I didn't have to care that you were going to show up different than me I didn't have to care that um, when I perceived you as angry it could have been something else right so when when the um, old boss says to me well you seem really angry and I'm saying to him well how are you defining that and the the, Jew, the woman from Long Island who's sitting across from both of us gets rolls back in her chair like oh this is about to be real good let me relax and watch <laughs> because of course I'm not angry I'm very impassioned about what I'm talking about you're uncomfortable because passion in your sphere looks different and women may or may not you know the feistiness of um, a small framed woman who you don't who you feel like you have control over versus a different type of woman showing up and taking up space there's something that rises up for you I don't have to like totally understand all the reasons why but you don't get to call me angry and some people are like yeah call me angry whatever but for me that's too easy like what else do you have like let's can we if you're gonna analyze me let's talk about why you use that word in my name in the same sentence so I'm um, being able to have that conversation isn't always a possible it isn't and your point I saw a lot in the research you asked me how do we start the project or how did I start the project so I started doing research and asking people and looking for this kind of work and a lot of it exists what I wasn't and I think there's more going on in college campuses and research departments but that's really hard to get in to find until you either go there or get a contact so I was looking for black female experiences detailed around work experience there is a seminal work our separate ways which studies the first group of women who came into corporate and it looks at black women and white women and tells their stories and they have a lot of data with that project it was very helpful as we started so I started I asked a few people to write stories with mine so that we could then ask a bigger group to write stories and submit the women who were writing two of them approached me on separate occasions and asked for a time to meet the other women who were submitting I thought we'd meet a few times while they were writing and that would be it for the live events and here we are four years later still convening women in conversations and now partnering with other organizations like um, 
um, NCNW, sorry, Nash, I, NCNW, you'll have to look that up because I cannot remember right now all of the acronym um, Black Teacher Project. We will have our fourth annual conversation with them in um, for Women's History Month. We have a format where the women, black women in the center have a conversation much like what we do when it's black women closed door only. Other people can come and observe, anyone, but we give the women an opportunity to step out. There's no Q&A. We do a small workshop with the people who are observing so they can process what they've heard, but we protect those women at all costs. So what we've learned over the last couple of years testing this out and modifying it when people ask us, can you modify here or there? What we learned is that that is still not safe for women. It might be a black man who speaks up and is uncomfortable because he's looking for a solution and we're just trying to talk about the reality of what happened. We're trying to be safe and say out loud that this happened to us at work. Well, you should have done this and that. See, our format was right. Let's keep that circle closed. You have the privilege to observe. So if there's any young black women listening to this podcast, mm -hmm. and we have all kinds of people who listen to this podcast, mm -hmm. would you suggest would you suggest that that they that they contact you? Sure. I mean, yes, and check out Black Female Project also listen to the podcast we've had people write to us about the podcast saying this affirmed me so much i knew i wasn't alone but even preparing for girls start navigating in school like school age girls are figuring out you know what i get treated differently the work of african-american female excellence at the oakland unified school district more and more is going to come out of that department but they have documented and are talking about the sexual harassment um and the kicking girls out of class and what's happening with black girls and uh, uh, they're being treated differently than other girls in the, the school we start understanding that very early my focus is on the workplace because that's where I was living at the time and that's what I needed to address so for young girls number one you're not alone you woke up brilliant you're going to be brilliant no, no matter what level I see a lot of junior practitioners too because I love to you know part of I came from educators I love to teach in my area of focus so don't let people tell you or give you some weird vibe that you're not a director or you're not a this or that and therefore your value is less every single person in the organi organization is needed for the organization to be functional if you were not there there would be a problem something would be missing understand you woke up brilliant no matter what anybody says and believe that that's something I didn't do I let myself be defined by other people the other thing is see yourself through your own eyes and what I mean by that is as we've um, I'm facilitated conversations and also um, our leadership team, I'll mention uh, Fern Stroud, my sister, um, Che Abram, um, gifted, gifted speaker and diversity specialist in higher ed, as well as um, members of our advisory board have, as we facilitate conversations uh, over the last four years have, the one thing that comes up, A, there's never enough time. People are like, all of our evaluations, can it be longer? Can it be longer? Um, can we meet more often? The other thing, the reason why is because um, women need to, how can I say this? You are, 
You are fine the way you are. See yourself through your own eyes. Women will get up at all ages. It's fascinating. And they talk about themselves through the lens of their bosses, through the lens of their, um, you know, their partners or boyfriends, through the lens of all these other people, but they don't see themselves. So we have mirrors that we got and we, on the back of it says Black Female Project. And we say, if you want to see power and beauty, turn it over whenever you need to. And they turn it over and they see themselves in the reflection and women of all ages flip out because you have to see yourself for yourself. And next year, we really want to tackle this question of how do I now, now that I'm aware of what's going on and I'm kind of paying attention, you can live above all the stuff to maintain the status quo, the strategies used against people. You know, a lot of women of color show up in the workplace and have similar outcomes. We come from different places, but it is similar outcomes, you know, being disregarded, being hypersexualized, black women being asked to dance at work events. Um, being touched inappropriately all of this um you know backing out from under of, of after installing some it stuff and being told yeah that's where i like women on the you know on their knees and no repercussion yeah um so and also and and, and unfortunately the environment in our country is not is getting less and less supportive it's it's more of a so what you know i want to take a break for a second and then i, I want to come back and i want to start talking about i want to talk about the angry black woman and also in situations like yours responses that 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 women can give so i just want to tell people this is sima lieberman the inclusionist listening to everyday conversations on race with everyday people and if you, for everyday people if you want to know more go to www.raceconvo.com and we are recording this session at Mutiny Radio. You can go to mutinyradio.fm to listen to my podcast and other podcasts. And if you are looking for a place to record your podcast or do a recording, I highly recommend coming down to mutinyradio.fm and talking to Pam. Okay. Back to you, Precious Stroud, where we're talking Thanks. to Precious Stroud, and we're talking about her project, the Black Woman's Project, and about being a black female entrepreneur, and some of the issues in the workplace. I want to talk about the whole idea of the angry black woman, and because you were talking about showing some passion or emotion and then being told that you are angry is this something that is common in yes. the workplace why Sima? yes it is <laughs> um well there's the whole narrative that gets played out on most of the media channels i mean if you want to see black i i i wonder if i googled black women what might show you know i should do that and see how many positive versus what we consider negative images would show up but um in the culture right now or at least pop culture it's interesting though because we have like black women rock and um you know black women thrive and black women leading and all of these things that have emerged through social media and other positive avenues and black women gathering in groups all over the country we kind of got in this groove it was obviously happening it was happening we were in the tide at the time 
so yeah you were asking um angry black woman does it happen yes it happens why does it happen because that's easier than talking to me you can just label me um also we've all been bought into these narratives that's what i'm that's where i was going um is that next year what we want to do is start thinking about how do we and forgive the term i gotta find another one deconstruct the internalized racism and the internalized sexism if we can start doing that then we see ourselves more clearly when the images show up we aren't as influenced and i know this is work that'll be generational work and at the same time i mean we're moving in that direction as a as a culture and as a people for sure like yes okay now we're calling out when we started this work and writing down white supremacy or writing down like power dominant power structure those terms when the, we thought it was so radical in the stories and now they're on the tv all the time institutional racism is uh affecting hispanic women at this rate you're hearing all these statistics and all these numbers um shell sandberg's work around um they're putting out some new um reports that are interesting you know love or hate leaning in as black women say we've been leaning in a long time and then i heard of interesting i don't know who this gentleman was i heard him on the radio the other week talking about so we tell women lean in we're not changing the system we just tell them lean in
Suspects are seen climbing out of both windows, male Hispanic and a possible male black. They have their vehicle van parked in front of location and the business above though they are not. Never had a mind. 
that I'm happy. Be sure and tell her this. Tell her that I'm gay. Tell her I will have Hold on to what you got. 
I'm talking to you girls. If you're square, that means hold on to your man, baby. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Makes no difference what shape he's in. Makes no difference what your best friend, your mother, your father, your sister, your brother say about him. If he loves you, and you know you love him, baby. Get a good grip on him because you're gonna need him. In the midnight hour, you know, when you feel like you wanna make whoopee or something. He's yours, you can do what you wanna with him. You know, because if you think somebody else don't want your man, <laughs> just kick him out into the streets, baby. And listen to this. Your best friend that was talking about your man will have him and gone before you can count one, two, three. Believe it or not. You see, I'm a witness to this. You know what my woman told me one night? She said, Jackie, if you don't stop switching around here and playing the field, <laughs> listen, and bringing that chicken home, you're gonna have to get to stepping. <laughs> I said, uh-huh. I grabbed my chicken by one hand, baby, and we've been stepping ever since that night. <laughs> you see, I couldn't let her dictate to me. I look better than she does, all over. Then I know how to please a little better than she does, too. That helps. And you see, I won't have it no other way. My mother told me before I left home, she said, Jackie, don't worry about what people say about you. You look good because you take after mother. Damn daddy. Because you'll get paid for, for what daddy has to pay for. And mother didn't lie, honey. I'm getting it every day of my life, money. Diamonds on my finger, I can't get no more on there. And there's more at home that belong to me where these came from. You see, because I'm sweet. But you see, I laugh and joke and I may smoke a little, but I don't play. You look at me sometimes and you'll see I'm no toy. I like fun and games, but don't get carried away. Because if you crowd me, honey, you'll get something thrown on you that all Robertson won't be able to pray off. You know you'll be in bad shape. I live the life I love, and I love the life I live. I hope you'll do the same. You know, you're supposed to live. As long as you don't force your will and your way on others, forget them, baby. You don't need them. Because the mean things people say about you can't make you feel bad. Because Jackie can't miss a friend that I've never had. I won't have it, baby. And I sing sexy too, that helps. No other way. No other way, baby. I won't have it no other way, baby. Jackie Shane would like to say thank you. Jackie Shane, living the life. You love and loving the life you live. MutinyRadio.fm, this is Black Black Plastic Show coming at ya. (laughs) 
if I can play my hand Go on Hollywood, babe, I believe I can play my hand I got a little bitty woman, she seemed to understand She can spend my money, she can do anything you choose She can spend my money, she can do anything you choose As a Hollywood woman, she ain't got a thing in the world to lose Blow, blow, blow! Oh yeah. Billy Joe 
MC in the world You got to gimme, gimme mine Cause I'm heavy when I weigh it Watch the way I say it Ego trip I change my pitch up Smack my bitch up I never did it The flavor's being bucked But brothers ain't getting it Get it? Or else you're a goner When I rolls over You're gonna have to wanna Lamp Yeah Yo Yeah
I substitute a bottle to let me serve you with the flow with the plug of two scoops. Mr. Me, I never did dip for the bootleg is my legs and grit about a hug. And who gets the knots? I knots by the chance. I rain dance, I rain dance. But step it just a bit, I don't need another shadow. Makes, makes, it's gonna be the new man's motto. Don't increase the bull because my bully is broken and my belly is full. It's a second I reckon on the bone and the ball, making London bridges fall. So check it, I bring a point to the joints that we changed and chopped, but we could bring it back to the beatbox. Plug wonder, plotter, serenader cause I got her, wreck it, when in the womb I was naked, now I chill with latex cause of how I enter, the black wood without a splinter, prove it, I have the chills with helps in moving, acid, saw the light cause I got glass. so we sip the cappuccino slow, I big money, I drive big car, serve the bubble like a bar, Tender, one in flight like a cinder. Lace, sticks, a dynamite on base. Head, place the shoe until he's dead. Run, cause the cop is gonna come. This my blood stops so they can kiss my grits. Hold my balls without a mitt. Grab the mouthpiece to talk to Dag. Nab it, I keep going like that rabbit. Ricker, Shay a Damon, eat a snicker. Saddest, by the Norman till the Gladys. Night, my glasses help me see the light. So we sit at the cappuccino slow. Life is what you see, it's usually what you get. Won't take a drag without a net. No, to put the rhythm in the bone. Marrow, laid the pipe to please Caro. Luke, I don't know. If it's true, that's a fumble. You'll catch a fever from the jungle. Chocolate, Nubian girls flock to it. Sweets, and if I can't sample beats, get the beatbox equipped with the dirt. Bismarck and Dougie works. Fine, makes work the will like tangle rhymes. Hawk, the light is thirsty in the dark. So we. But my M wasn't big, super heavy like a Chevy bump on Macy Obey. I had some screens in my pockets and played it kinda hush and did the outs. I peeped the Zoa on the gimme gimme, plus we hit the plat. Then the amps was on Sam's, the villains got fat. The natives went the neighbor, then to make a please. It's the hustle for a joint when you settle mid G's, but we still be on the wax because it acts like that. We still be on the moves because it moves like that. So there ain't no reason that don't stop, cause we can bring it back to the beat
Clap like classic Mutiny Radio FM.
hear me crunching?
Bye, Black Blessing. I'm Uni Radio. FM. Bunch of Black History Month music. If you, what you should do is go back and listen to Bughouse Square from Tuesday because he did a bunch of good black music. And here's some more good black music for you on Flat Black Plastic on MutinyRadio.fm. Out of the night that covers me, as black as the pit from pole to pole. Whatever my gods may be For my unconquerable soul You see
then. <laughs> See if I cook breakfast for you anymore. And you better start cheating on me because you ain't gonna get no more from me. <laughs> Playtex commercial. This kills me. Woman and a man in a, in a subway station. And the woman says, hi, Bob. Janie, is that you? I didn't recognize you. Your tits are bigger. <laughs> Jesus Christ, look at those tits. 